Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss the doors. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. When I was back there in seminary school, there was a person there who put forth the proposition that you can petition the Lord with prayer. You cannot petition the Lord with prayer! The mansion is warm at the top of the hill Rich are the rooms and the comforts there Red are the arms of luxurious chairs And you won't know a thing till you get inside The snake was pale gold, glazed and shrunken. We were afraid to touch it. Wait until the war is over And we're both a little older Come on, everybody, go back to their seats. People are going to get hurt up here and are going to pass out. And we don't want it, man. And the doors don't want it either. Hey, come on, honey. Go along home and wait for me, baby. I'll be there in just a little while. You see, I gotta go out in this car with these people. What the music is your special friend? Dying sound fires in the intense. Good evening, listeners. I have some exciting news. Clay and I are headed to L.A. next month, and we're going to be spending a lot of time in Laurel Canyon and the Sunset Strip. In honor of this rock and roll road trip, I've put together a show on the penultimate L.A. band, The Doors. Now, Los Angeles has a rich history of music, of course, and some other noted denizens include Love, X, Guns N' Roses, Jane's Addiction, Motley Crue, Black Flag, The Germs, The Go-Go's, The Bangles, N.W.A., and The Red Hot Chili Peppers, among countless others. But to this day, frontman Jim Morrison is widely regarded as the prototypical rock star. Surly, sexy, scandalous, mysterious, just like the city he called home, L.A. And I have something else I'm thrilled about, which is getting to see a longtime friend named Mubeen. I've known Mubeen via the interwebs for something like 8 to 10 years, and yet we've never met each other in person. Mubeen is a listener of the show, a massive metalhead, and he immigrated here as a youth from Pakistan. He had that great, you know, sort of 
thing that Gene Simmons probably had where he was just blown away by the culture and I think he said that he saw a band on TV he didn't remember which one perhaps Motley Crue that just blew his mind he had never seen anything like that so we became friends and we often discussed the concerts he goes to and what's he listening to and he also is learning to play guitar he's just a real cool guy all the way around who loves to rock and I'm happy if I can introduce him to Clay after all this time. I've told Clay all about him. And so now you have a really great reason to take the Untitled Music Podcast on the road. Manzanarek, John Densmore, Robbie Krieger, and the ever-controversial Jim Morrison. And on this episode, I want to talk about when the doors closed. What happened in the years after Morrison was found dead in a Paris flat in 1971? How did the band become more popular than ever a decade later? He's hot, he's sexy, and he's dead, read the front page of Rolling Stone magazine in 1981. And there's Jim eternally young and eternally cool. This was a culmination of a slow building interest in the doors by a generation who were in diapers when he dominated the pop world with his leather-clad revolutionary stance. An American Prayer was released in 78, and this was a controversial posthumous album which found the surviving doors playing music behind Jim's poetry readings. But perhaps the re-emergence of the Doors as a cultural signpost was started with the release of Francis Ford Coppola's film Apocalypse Now. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend, the end of our Safety or surprise, the end. I'll never look into your eyes again. Can you picture what will be so? Stranger's hand in a 
my all-time favorite film, and Coppola's use of the song The End by The Doors was brilliant, and it fits the mood perfectly. If you haven't seen the movie, strap yourself in and just enjoy the fuck out of a brilliant movie. The program for this evening is not new. You've seen this entertainment through and through. You've seen your birth, your life and death. You might recall all of the rest. Did you have a good world when you died? Enough to base a movie on? those things coming together snowballed nicely the following year when a book called No One Here Gets Out Alive was released. I see you live on Love Street There's the store where the creatures meet I wonder what they do in there Every kid I knew had that book. It was like pornography, wild, exaggerated tales of sex, violence, the occult, and general badassery from a poet apparently dipped in licorice who may have faked his own death. It's a compelling read, but it's probably bullshit. Yeah, walk across the floor with a flower in your hand Trying to tell me no one understands Trading your hours for a handful of dimes Gonna make it, baby, in our prime Come together one more time Get together one more time Came down the rivers and highways We came down from forests and falls We came down from Carson and Springfield We came down from Phoenix and Thrall
the Lizard King. Retire now to your tents and to your dreams. So the doors were everywhere I went when I was in high school. It was like they were a current band. I remember that suddenly the freshmen were interested in poetry and were reading Shelley and Byron and William Burroughs, Jack Kerouac, and William Blake. A Blake poem inspired the title of Aldous Huxley's book called The Doors of Perception. And that's where the band, The Doors, got its name. And as an aside, one of my fellow students was Huxley's granddaughter. Hi, Nina. You're a lost little girl You're a lost little girl You're lost, tell me who are you? Our teachers were a bit bemused, but actually happy with this new fad, because Jim Morrison was a very well-read person, and to emulate him, in part, he had to know literature. And this all happened all over the country. Kids were reading. This was the comeback that the Doors had hoped for on their past ill-fated attempts. Like most people don't realize that the Doors put out two albums without Jim Morrison neither of which contained a single good song. No me moleste mosquito No me moleste mosquito No me moleste mosquito Why don't you go home No me moleste mosquito Let me eat my burrito No me moleste mosquito Why don't you go home at one point, the band even approached Iggy Pop as a replacement for their lost singer. Now, how fucking cool would that be? Iggy Pop running the doors. Awake. Shake dreams from your hair, my pretty child, my sweet one. Choose the day and choose the sign of your day, the day's divinity. First thing you see. A vast, radiant beach and a cool, jeweled moon. Couples naked race down by its quiet side. And we laugh like soft, mad children, smug in the woolly, cotton brains of infancy. Music and voices are all around. I don't think it's controversial to say that the resurgence of the band was because of the growing Jim Morrison cult. To the kids, he was a rebellion embodied, and his drunken call to arms was amplified by his good looks, his obvious intelligence. We believed or wanted to believe the stories of this legend. He had the soul of a dead Native American. He was a national security threat. He took copious amounts of drugs and faked his own death. Bonus points for sleeping with both Edie Cedric and Nico from the Andy Warhol scene. And I'm still here. And you're still there. And we're still a 
But the story was that he had escaped Paris after looking down the double barrel of the law when he was exposing himself and causing a riot. Ain't nobody gonna love my ass. Come on. I need you. weary of the rock star life he wanted to live like a poet but on july 3rd 1971 his body was found in a bathtub in paris and the circumstances are the stuff conspiracies are made out 
Wait until the war is over And we're both a little older The unknown soldier Breakfast where the news is read Television children fed Unborn living, living dead There's no autopsy. His common-law wife left the country without speaking to the authorities that night, and there were numerous sightings of him throughout the years as if he had, in fact, faked his death. But in more recent times, it's come to be known that he did, in fact, die not too terribly long after Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. He joined the 27 Club, too. Well, the recent revelations point to an accidental heroin overdose that culminated with an unsuccessful revival in the bathtub or something like that.
can see the more mysterious version in the Oliver Stone movie, The Doors. That was much more like what we actually envisioned happened. Will you stop? Will you stop the pain? There will never be another one like you. There will never be another one you can do the things you do. All these years later, the music of the Doors still sounds dark and powerful and exotic. Something definitely all their own.
often overlooked Robbie Krieger's flamenco guitar interesting use of it in rock music John Densmore's deaf drumming and most uniquely the calliope kind of keyboards that Ray Manzanarek played Ray left us in 2013 their impact on popular music and culture is vast the Jim Morrison mystique can be seen and heard in the look of Eddie Vedder Ian Asbury of the cult the leather trousers of Bono on the uh, Zoo TV tour the band Radiohead mentions Jim in their songs. Alice Cooper said in the liner notes of the album Killer that the song Desperado was about Jim. Patti Smith, Iggy Pop, and countless gloomy goth kids found the doors at the right time. Jim Morrison was one of popular culture's most rebellious and intense American icons.
chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. But can you still recall the time we lied? Bring on through to the other side. Bring on through to the other side. Bring on through. has been produced by Donnie Shattuck.